Man, give it up for this band one more time, son. That is funky love right there. Good times, man. Mark your calendar. You already heard in the pre-show, but I'm just reminding you, March 20th, we're going to have a worship night down at Bojack's. We're going to have food for all the volunteers. If you're a volunteer, we're going to feed you that night. If you hadn't volunteered yet, you might want to go ahead and sign up so you can get some free food. Can I get an amen on that? But it is a great night to have extended amount of music and worship. So mark your calendars, March 20th. And don't forget that morning, we're going to be at the boardwalk. We'll talk about it more in a little bit, but we're going to be down there having a good time, man. It's going to be awesome. So have you had fun in this series so far? Let me know you're with me so far. Come on, y'all. All right, we're going old school, all right? Y'all know I'm old school, so we got family matters, all right? A lot of old school stuff. I'm going to start with one of my favorites as a kid, and then I'm going to go to, for sure, top five all-time TV shows. But number one, if you go, what, what are you going to talk about to Justin? Anybody in here old school like me? Where are my old people at? Then you gonna remember this right here, son. Watch this. Sunday, Monday, happy days. Tuesday, Wednesday, happy days. Thursday, Friday, happy days. The weekend comes, my cycle hums. Ready to race to you. Come on, come on, let me hear you. All right, all right, good enough, good enough. I wanna make sure, anybody remember happy days? Where y'all at? Come on, I need to hear you a little bit more. High on my list. I enjoyed Happy Days. We'd run home, man. We didn't have no VCR back in the day, son. You had to watch it when it came on or you missed it. That's the way it was. Kids don't even understand it. Kids ain't even seen live TV today. Back in the day, that's the way it was. You had to get home to catch Happy Days. But if I'm going to go really, really top five all-time TV shows that I love, I'm going to go ahead and hit you with this next one. We got Happy Days. All right, that's good. But this next one... I'm actually going to blend a little old with the new because the theme song is going to be sung by my girl, Jennifer Hudson. Anybody remember this right here? See if you remember this one. theme song possibly of all time right there but then Jennifer gonna break it down for you You know it's gonna be good so I know what some of you are thinking is like are you ever gonna do a modern show I'm old school son I'm gonna get there but today I'm keeping it old school because I'm gonna combine happy days and the Jeffersons and this is the theme for today you ready here it is moving on up to happy days can I get an amen on that somewhere come on now, I'm going to go ahead and be straight with you. The early hour was really into this. They were getting loud and having a good time with it, so I want to try that one more time. Anybody ready to move on up to happier days? Let me hear you one more time. 
See, that way, everybody watching at home, all our friends in Dallas and Hawaii, and it don't matter, St. Louis, they hear you. They know, man, all right, these people are ready to move on up. Because that's the deal. If we're all honest, I don't care if you're watching online, you're in this room, whatever's going on, we all get down at different times in life. And I'm going to be transparent with you. I have been depressed. I have been discouraged. And a psalm like we're about to read right now is something that I have prayed. Psalm 143, 7 says it like this, come quickly, Lord, and answer me. You ever been desperate before? God, I need you to come through. I need you to help me. Why? Because for my depression deepens, and I don't want you to turn away from me, God. See, this is the thing. When you start going down, and when you start getting depressed, or you start struggling because things aren't going well, dude, this is how it works. I have been there. In the past two years, I've been there more than I wanted to be. And you go, well, why, Justin? What are you talking about? Well, as you may have already forgotten, but let me remind you, when people were struggling in this community, the Simple Church did not run away from it. We ran to it. And you helped us. One particular situation was the hospital situation. And I can remember on many occasions going into local hospitals and the emergency room was packed. And there were story after story and family after family and situation after situation. And I'm going to be straight with you. For me, as a pastor, it would get me down. It would cause me to struggle because I'd get back in the car and I would think about those families and I would think about those circumstances because I knew that for some, it wasn't going to end well. And how do I know that? Because I'm a pastor. So anyway, as a pastor, it's part of what I do is all of a sudden you move from a hospital bed to, unfortunately, for some people, a funeral home. In this past year, in these past couple of years, I have done more funerals than I care to do. Even yesterday, I had two funerals. All right, one was Terry Williams, one of my longtime friends, worked with me at First Baptist Bossier, an amazing servant, amazing lady. She was Dr. Fred's secretary behind the scenes. She just knocked it out of the park. She's had a long battle with different sicknesses and things. But I can just tell you, you can only take so much of that. Even this past week, it wasn't a funeral, but Jessica Machen, her grandmother, granny, sat in these services week after week. She's 90-plus years old. She went to be with the Lord this past week. So I got over to the nursing home. She's at the veteran's home. She's a War War II veteran. Can you give her some love for that? She's with Jesus now to serve this country. And as I watched the family struggle, as I think about all of those different circumstances and situations, I know I'm not the only one. I know many of you in here, when you talk about trying to move up to better times, it's been challenging for everybody, not just these past two years. It could have been five years for you. It could be the last 10 years for you. You're going, man, I have gone through it. But as I wrote out my notes for this sermon, I started thinking back to all of the different circumstances and situations and families that have impacted me. And you've asked me to honor your loved one by speaking at their funeral or going to see them in the hospital. I can just tell you, it's tough, but I'm honored to do it. But it doesn't mean I'm immune from it. It still can get you. It can depress you. It can discourage you. And then you think back to what I do now. I'm a pastor. I've been doing simple church for 15 years. Before that, I was about 15 years, 16 years at First Bossier. So 30-plus years doing ministry. If you want to talk about what's discouraging or depressing is when your job is affected, when things that you're used to doing begin to change. And let me just go ahead and put it on the screen for you. The average worship attendance in the United States of America Back in the year 2000 was 137 uh, people all day in a service. So when you think that we don't have anybody here, you got more than 137. Can I get an amen on that? But go ahead and fast forward to 2020. 
The average attendance in a church in America in 2020 was 65 people all day. Let me just put it in perspective. We're in the church business. We're in the loving God people. I mean, loving God business, the loving people business. We're in the business of trying to help the church grow and have an impact. And when you look across America, that this is what's happening. The current statistics. And then if you would even go to the next level, I've done a little more research. Before the pandemic, you ready for this? 2019, no pandemic. More churches closed than opened in that year. One of the first times in American history that's happened. So if you start thinking about church and you start thinking about whining, complaining, and thinking, oh, it ain't like it used to be, and it ain't this and that and the other, trust me, I, I feel you. Because all I can tell you is, is when you see churches closing, when you see people that don't necessarily attend like they used to, sometimes it can be discouraging to you because that's what you do. And then in the middle of all of the pandemic, those things can get you down. No doubt about it. Those are tough. But what's really tough and what really discourages me and depresses me more than anything else is when you have a family problem. Not just a work problem, not just circumstances that are going on in the world, but when something happens and comes inside of your home and it begins to affect you, Ben, it messes with you. Run across this t-shirt and I think you will know exactly what I'm saying. If mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy, but if grandma ain't happy, run. Can I get an amen? Because y'all know the phrase, right? Happy wife, happy life. Absolutely. But when grandma and grandpa are upset, son, you better run for your life. Because we already know, why do they come up with these phrases? Happy wife, happy life. It's because, yes, there's scripture out there that says, man, you find a good spouse, you find a good life. I'll put the scripture up there for you because you know right here, this is a good life. When you find somebody that completes you, I got to give Marcus a shout out, by the way. I put it in the pre-show. He went to Smitty's, took his lady out on a date this past week. Can you give Marcus some love, making sure he knows, baby? If you ain't been out to Smitty's on a date night, you're missing out, son. They got good wings too, I hear. But here's the thing. Why do we take our wives out? Why do you want to spend time with them? Because you know, man, when you find a good spouse, you found a good life. You got to make sure you understand that those things are true. But I will also remind you, because this is my life I'm talking about. When your wife struggles, you struggle. Can I get an amen? Why? Because two become one. The scripture's clear. And when you go back and really look at it, it's this idea that, man, it's not just your life now. It's y'all's life. So I pulled this picture up because I want you to see this is the screensaver on my phone. Because I have been blessed with an amazing wife. 23 years. She loves me. She puts up with me. She takes care of me. She really is unbelievable. And she's going to be mad at me that I put this picture up here because she ain't all, you know, dolled up. But let me tell you something. What I love about her is she looks good all natural. Can I get an amen on that too? Now, why do I say all that and brag on my wife and tell you how much I love her? Because Mark 10 tells you. He becomes like one person with his wife. I feel her pain. I feel her excitement. I love when she's happy. But boy, let me tell you something. If she struggles, then I struggle. Why? Because two people become one. And I can tell you, in the last couple of years, she hasn't been very vocal about it. She hasn't talked a whole lot about it. But she was going through some things in her personal life that she was struggling so if her health was struggling, when well, she's had some health issues, then my health was struggling. Man, if her emotions were struggling, and I'm going to be honest with you, man, my emotions were struggling. This past week, we went and sat down to did a podcast. Now, if you don't know what a podcast is, basically, it's an extended listening, uh, you know, platform 
This particular podcast that we did was about 45 minutes to an hour where Angie and I had a little fun because I can't help but have fun. That's why I'm wired. But we also went deep into the things that she had struggled with, the things that she was going through as a family, as a person. And so it's about an hour long. Now, why would I do that? Because I can't take up an hour going into all that. But if you are a wife, if you are a single mom in here, if you are someone that is struggling, and you're going, man, I need to know kind of what's going on. This is a great one to listen to because she keeps it real. She talks about how she got through it, how she's getting through it. Of course, we're going to laugh and cut up a little bit. But then also, it's going to turn some corners where we're going, man, this was challenging. This is difficult. But I can tell you that when we talk about all these things, it's both of us that are affected. It's because I'm telling you, when she's happy, I'm happy. When she struggles, I struggle. But I will also go the next level. You ready for this? For me and her. If you add kids to an equation and we have three, we have three great kids, unbelievable, smart, beautiful, successful, we love them. But I'm going to tell you something. If one of those kids struggle, then you struggle. The pandemic hurt our kids. Now, you may be worried about everything else, but I'm just going to keep it in my family. When my oldest couldn't graduate the way she normally did, it hurt her. When she couldn't go on senior trips and she couldn't participate in the things that she was used to, man, there's just some wounds there. It's difficult. She's also, Hannah's had some health issues. Emma's had some health issues. And so when one of them was physically going through some different challenges, dude, it affects all of us. And all I can tell you is this statement that we've said before is absolutely true. And that is that you are only as happy as your saddest child. And every grandparent and parent said, amen. Why? Because we know. This is why family matters. This is why we're talking about this in the series. And this is why we're talking about moving on up to happier times. Because I know I'm not alone. You may not be doing a podcast about it. You may not be preaching a sermon about it. But in your mind, man, you're struggling. And you're trying to figure it out. And if you feel like you're alone, the reason we want to be transparent and share a podcast with you and tell you what we're going through is so that you know you're not alone. Whether that's anxiety and depression, whatever it is that you're going through, we get it. Our family, you got addiction, our family has addiction. You start talking about financial problems and money problems, our families have financial and money problems. You start talking about extended family problems, we got those too. You start talking about all of these different things, you would think, well, the guy on the stage, and especially the way Justin's personality is, he always comes in, he's ready to go. But I am telling you the truth. I do have a more positive outlook on life, the majority of the time, excuse me. But it is true that when my wife struggles or my kids struggle, man, it starts getting me. And then I want you to know, if you feel the same way, you're not alone. In America, pandemic had a huge effect on thousands and thousands, I should say millions of people. When you look at this little number right here, and this is just 2019, it kind of shows where everybody was when it came to anxiety and depression. Look at how everything jumped all the way through, all the way past the pandemic. So if you go, man, I'm still struggling with anxiety. If you're ignoring your children's anxiety, don't be foolish, parents. All of us are affected. There's everyone in this culture, in our society, you can be mad at it and your anger is justified. I get it. But the goal is to go, how can I get through this? My family is affected. My kids are affected. My wife's affected. I'm affected. Man, I don't, I don't like the way I'm feeling. I mean, and this message is for all of us. I am preaching from my own pain, and I'm going to try to help you through. 
So here's the question I asked. How in the world can I move up? How can I experience happier days? And I'm telling you there's good news. There really is a way to do it. Now, by what I'm fixing to share, do not think I'm an expert because I am not an expert. I am telling you I am working on these three things. I haven't arrived. I still struggle just like you do. But the more I discipline myself to do what the Scripture says and apply these principles to my life, the better it seems to get, especially now. Number one, what are you talking about, Justin? Do not compare yourself to someone else. This is where we all struggle in the social media world. Our culture is so inundated with, well, but you're not like him or you're not like her. From looks to the way you feel to your job to your money to your homes to your hobbies, you can go through all of it. Our kids are not immune from this. Matter of fact, it's worse than ever because when they look on their social media, if there's some kind of athletic, you know, accomplishment or if there's some kind of academic accomplishment, then they struggle. I'm not as good as them. And then it's back to their looks. Well, she looks better than me. How does she feel this way? And all of this stuff is going on in our culture. That's our kids. That's our teens. But it is also you on Facebook. It is also you looking and going, they got to go on a trip. We never got to go on a trip. How did they go out of town? I can't believe they got out of town. Look at their job. I can't believe their company's doing well. Our company's doing bad. I mean, their marriage is doing good. Our marriage is doing bad. And you can go through on and on and on in every circumstance and situation. So the scripture, Galatians 6, 4, is one good reminder. says, don't compare yourself with others. This is talking about spiritually, yes. But it is also talking about all kinds of life. I'm thinking about the world of Will's Day. I walked over there. You're going to get to walk over there. There are some amazing cars. And if we're all honest, if you own one of them, you're looking at somebody else's going, man, that looks better. My gosh. It's the same way whether you own a fancy car or you have your home or you're looking at jobs or you're looking at marriages or raising kids. This statement is true that I'm about to put on the screen. You are better than some and worse than others. Can I get an amen on that? The reason you don't compare is because the truth is it can either make you arrogant. Man, I got, man, look at what I got. Boy, look at how good my business is doing. Boy, look at how good my kids are. Or it can make you depressed. I can't believe my kid's an idiot. You know, how long is he going to take to get out of school? <laughs> my boss is an absolute dummy. I can't believe, how long am I going to work here? You can go through everything. I can tell you, even for me, I have avoided, and I told you a couple of weeks ago, going to the doctor. I tried to make an appointment this week to go to the doctor, but they were booked. So I'm going to be out of town next week. I'm going to try to get back the next week. And let me tell you why I'm excited about that. Because I got a little more time to lose a little more weight. Can I get an amen on that? Because when you go in, you know it's like I'm comparing myself not only to other people, but to what I used to be. I look at them pictures sometimes like, man, where'd the skinny me go? He ate me. That's what happened. I'm eight. So you look at your weight. You look at your health. You start looking around. You look at your jobs. You start comparing. Man, look at this. You look at other people's families. They got all their perfect little family pictures. That's why if you watch the pre-show, we're doing awkward family photos. Please send them in. If you got one and you want to make fun of yourself like we are, please send them in because it's a lot of fun. Why? Because, dude, truthfully, all of us got issues. And then we're also tempted to also compare churches, aren't we? Well, my other church used to do that. I just can't believe that this, I just don't know. It just seemed like... <laughs> no, it used to be this and it used to be that. Let me tell you something. When you start comparing anything, somebody's going to win and somebody's going to lose. You're either going to get arrogant 
You're either going to get real sarcastic, you're either going to be like, thank you something, or you're going to be like, I can't believe it. It's, it's losing. We're failing. It'll never make it. I can't believe we're going, we ain't going to get through this. So you look back at Scripture, 2 Corinthians 10.1. Here's another one. We do not dare to classify or compare ourselves. It is not. What's the last word? It ain't smart. It's just not smart. Here's another thing. Not only is it unwise to compare yourself, I don't care athletically, I don't care size-wise, I don't care what it is. Smarts don't compare because comparison is the thief of joy, Teddy Roosevelt told us. And what is he saying, man? It just robs you. And this is the thing. Christians, I hate to break this to you. I know some of you. I am one of you. You don't always look full of joy. (laughs) If you complain more than you celebrate, then there's a problem. And more than likely, the reason you're complaining is because you are comparing yourself or a circumstance or a situation to something else. When you don't even not, you're not in that circumstance, so it's very difficult to compare it. And so as I started thinking about all this, the reason your joy is gone, the reason you can walk around miserable, the reason you're not very fun to be around, the reason it's not very pleasing to the body of Christ is because we're always comparing ourselves. So I put this on the screen, this next little point. Comparison and contentment are linked. I am not the smartest guy in the world, but I can look at my own life. When I begin to compare, it's because I'm not content where I am. It doesn't matter if it's houses, cars, money, family situations, or whatever it is. I look around at all my friends, the people that are saying stuff, and they begin to compare themselves to someone else or some other marriage or some other kids. And they say, man, if I had their kids, if I had her wife, if I had that church, if I did this, boy, things would be better. And the truth is, is you got to learn to be content with what you have. Because when you're not content, you compare a lot. Now, you may not verbalize it, but it's going on up here. So Philippians 4 gives us some advice. Are you ready? I have learned to be happy with, go ahead and say it, whatever I have. Say it with me. With whatever I have. So I don't care, houses, cars, health, weight, looks, kids, spouses, job, I have learned to be happy. I know how to get along with little and I know how to live when I have much. Boy, if we could teach our kids this, I mean, wouldn't it really be something if you could go on and go, hey, I'm living, it don't matter if I'm living in the big house, I'm in a small house. It don't matter if I got the nice car or the junky car. It don't matter if I got money or no money. Dude, I'm learned to be content. I have learned the secret of being happy at what? All times. Even in a pandemic. Even when jobs are changing. Even when that man or that woman is in office. It doesn't matter what the situation is. He's going, man, whatever I have and whatever's going on, I have learned to be content. Now, let me go ahead and throw the next thing out to you. Ready? Contentment and complaining are also linked. So if you find yourself complaining about everything, check your contentment. Because the truth is we begin to compare ourselves to other people, what they have, their circumstances and situations. You begin to gripe and complain. Then. And then the next thing you know, man, you ain't in it at all, dude. And so this comparison game happens, and then you're complaining, and then you're not content. And man, next thing you know, you begin to find yourself going, who am I? You're grouchy, mean, mad, frustrated, not happy at all. And here's the thing. And literally, Satan go, I got you. 
ran across this quote. I think it's a pretty good one. When Satan can't make you bitter enough to complain, he will seek to lower your self-esteem and allow you to compare. Two of the biggest tools he has is going, man, I'm going to get you complaining and whining, and then I'm going to get you to compare. And if I can't get you no other way, man, I finally got a hold of you because I look at you, and now you're comparing yourselves. You're complaining to everybody else. You're not content. And that's why the writers in the New Testament are going, man, I finally figured it out. The enemy was trying to get me that way. And I'm telling you as a pastor now for 30-something years, dude, I can still struggle just like you. So I have to go, all right, God, this is my prayer. Lord, help me to be content with what I have. Man, that's why I tell you I'm so thankful when anybody comes in this room in the morning. I am so thankful when anybody's watching online because I'm going to thank you, Jesus, for what we have because somewhere in this country, some churches have less than 60 people all day. So when you walk in and start complaining and comparing, it ain't helping nobody, Justin. Get your head right. Get your heart right. Lord, help me to be content with what I have. Help me when I'm tempted to compare myself to someone else or to complain, God, change me. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus, make me different. I do not want to be someone who is known for complaining, comparing, always pessimistic, always looking at the downside. I want to be like you and be content and happy at all times, regardless of what circumstances are going on around me. So you go, all right, Justin, what else can you do? If you want to get from the prayer to the practical, I got a good one for you. Number two, don't dare to compare us first. Number two, count your blessings. Now, let me explain this. You go, what do you mean, Joshua? Every one of us in here have a tendency. When you begin to spiral into depression and anxiety and you begin to get discouraged, it is because we forget how blessed we truly are. So we compare ourselves to other circumstances. We listen to what that old devil's saying. You're comparing, you're talking, all that stuff. We begin to spiral out of control. Psalm 103 says it good. It says, I will not forget the glorious thing God does for me. Man, he does so many things for me. He forgives all my sins. If you just stop right there, I am a sinner just like you are. I can rest in the fact that, man, he has forgiven my sins. He heals me both emotionally, physically psychologically, spiritually, he is the healer. He surrounds me with love. He fills my life with good things. He loves you and fills your life with good things. He's merciful, tender towards those who don't deserve it. That would be me. He is slow to get angry and never bears a grudge. I mean, just think about that. Dude, our God could hold a grudge on us. He could be mad at us. He could cast you out. He could say, man, you ain't acting right. You ain't been acting right. Comparing yourself, getting arrogant, man, going down that road. I'm done with you. He doesn't. He continues to show love, continues to show grace, continues to forgive you. Over and over and over again, I go, man, I got a lot to be thankful for. You may remember I talked about Rick Warren, a pastor out on the West Coast at Saddleback Church, somebody we look up to just like Andy Stanley on the East Coast. These are some great pastors, been doing it a long time. But Rick Warren, the reason I really admire him is he went through a very challenging time, as some of you may remember. His son committed suicide. And in the middle of that battle, of that discouragement and those struggles, when he was trying to remind all of us, and really most importantly himself, to how he's going to get through it, it came down to counting your blessings. And this is his statement he wrote, and I thought it was awesome. Look for what's left, not what's lost, and be grateful for it. 
See, because the truth is, is we all kind of look at, man, I used to have that job. I used to have that company. I used to have this family. I used to have whatever it was. I used to have way more money. I used to have, and he's going, no, 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 no. Your problem is you're focused on what's lost. Man, remember what you got and be grateful for it. Pause and reflect and think through. Now, this came in my email this week, not ironically. I mean, I think it really is God going, hey, this is for you. And I don't know how to say it, but I'm going to put it on the screen for you. But this is... No, I'm not speaking in tongues. I just can't say what that is. But the point is good. Are you ready for this? Figs might not grow on the fig trees, and grapes might not grow on the vines, and olives might not grow on the olive trees, and food might not... You know what that reminds me of when I started saying that? Are you ready? Figs might not grow on the fig tree, and grapes not grow on the vine. Olives might not grow on the olive tree, and food might not grow in the field. See, I've got problems, ADD problems. <laughs> this is the way my mind works. There might not be any sheep in the pens or cattle in the barns, but I will still be what? In the Lord. And what? Because God's my Savior. Man, if I could just get there, if we could all just get there, it's like, man, you figs may not be on the fig tree, olives may not be on the vine, but I'm going to be happy either way. And no matter how bad things are, there are thousands of things you can be thankful for. So you know what the challenge is for me and for you, and this is what I'm learning right now, I am doing this. Make a list when you're struggling of all the things you're grateful for, all the blessings you have. Practical step of how to do that. This is an app. It's called Grateful. It's, I don't know if it's 99 cents or it's free. It's worth the dollar or whatever you're going to pay it, that you're going to get it. But here's all it does is it gives you a place to put in, and it leads you with the question. Hey, what are you grateful for? You can put a picture attached to it. You can write a story. And then when you're having that bad day, you can go back to the app and look at all the things that you are grateful for. But the truth is you've got to stop and make a list. It, it's a daily activity. If you're not great at journaling, this is a great time to start. And an app's pretty easy because it's in your pocket and it don't take long. You could be at a red light that it hits you. You could be at home. You could be at waking up. It doesn't make you be at work and you can just put it in. Now, there's another one, 365, a gratitude journal. This is a little bit more in depth, a little bit more questions. I think it may be just a few more dollars. But here's the point. I don't make anything off of that. I'm not here to try to make money and sell an app. I'm just trying to tell you how am I getting through it. I have to pause and reflect on all the blessings that I have in order to get through. Because, man, I don't want to compare myself to anybody else. Man, and I want to count the blessings that I have. Now, as a good preacher always does, he's going to contradict himself. What do you mean, Justin? How would you contradict yourself? Well, if you're still sitting here struggling, you're going, I ain't got nothing to be thankful for. I mean, what do I got? You don't know my story. You don't know my situation. You don't know how bad it's been for me. I'll tell you what I do. And it is a contradiction. Because let me put the image on the screen. This morning, you're not in Ukraine. You're not dragging your kids through the cold this morning to try to run away from bombings and cars that are flipped over. You're not down in a subway station this morning, huddle with your child, praying that you survive one more night. Praying that your husband or your son comes back to see you because the truth is, millions are. 
1.5 million, they said this morning, ran for protection to Poland. And when we talk about immigration or we talk about whether this is right or wrong, all of a sudden now we're going, man, they need to do what they got to do. They got to get away from that. They got to get away from that tyrant. Well, that's the way a lot of people feel every day around the world. When the drug lord's leading over them, when there is no protection for their family or their child, when you're living halfway around the world and you don't have access to clean water, you don't have access to protection for your family. See, it's real easy for me to be judgmental about someone else until you think for one minute and put yourself in their shoes and go, man, whether that's Ukraine or anywhere else in the world. See, I've been to Africa. I've used the bathroom in a hole in the ground, so I'm thankful in the bathroom now. They may not always be as clean as you like, and they may not be in the best locations for you, but you have a restroom to use, and you have toilet paper to wipe with. Can I get an amen pandemic one more time? Amen. <laughs> you start thinking through all of the different stuff that we've gone through, and man, it's real easy, and so I'm, I'm contradicting myself a little bit here, and so when I'm really struggling, I start looking around and going, man, God, thank you. And let me pray for those people in Ukraine. Or let me pray for those people in Honduras. Or let me pray for those people in Africa. Because God, I'm a blessed man. And if that's not enough, let's bring it on back to the country. Let's bring it back to your kids. When I put this image on the screen, my kids got some health problems. But I thank God that right now they're not facing cancer. Because many are, millions are. It's when you begin to whine and complain about your poor little life and how difficult this is and you just don't understand. I can tell you there are families that wake up and this is a reality this morning. And some of them are right here in our church. I can remember Katie Franks and that special baby and I'm sitting here thinking with Dakota and all that was going on in their life and how difficult and the challenges that face them. And here's the deal. I'm contradicting myself when I go, God, I don't want to be prideful. I don't want to be arrogant, God. I want to humbly pray for that family that didn't ask for this and is trying to battle through it. Now, if you need perspective, you need to count your blessings. I got one more video for you. As we watch this video, what I hope you'll do is listen close to the very end to the lessons that apply to all of us and something we can do in the midst of our struggle. Watch. For a little boy's birthday party, it was a huge crowd. Wow, a lot of people here. The boy's dad, Tom Lamb, and stepmom, Nicole, invited all of Northeast Michigan to launch these Chinese lanterns to celebrate what would have been their son's ninth birthday. I miss him so much. It's so hard. I just want him back. Much of what so many people loved about Jaden Lamb can be seen in this home video. Although he had a rare form of cancer that attacked his central nervous system, here he is lip-syncing a silly Christmas song, busting a Christmas move right after a chemo treatment. The kid had that kind of spirit. But it was his final words, all his own, that will forever stick with his father. He looked at me right in the eye and he said, I'm never gonna get married, Daddy. My heart sunk when he said that. I'm like, why would you say that, buddy? And he said, God needs me more. God needs me more. His last full sentence, but the beginning of something truly remarkable. A couple days after Jaden died, Tom and Nicole were in line to get some coffee. 
when they decided, spur of the moment, to pay for the customer behind them in the drive-thru. It was supposed to be just a little symbolic thank you to the community for being so supportive. We didn't think we were starting a chain reaction, that's for sure. But after posting it on Facebook, that's exactly what happened. I was really shocked. Sarah Mae Niemeyer got a $50 tip. It said, in memory of Jaden Lamb, and then underneath it, it said, Merry Christmas. All the Christmas presents? Everything. Jennifer Campbell got her entire layaway paid off. Yeah. And at this Salvation Army kettle, an anonymous donor put in a diamond ring with a note that read, paying it forward, Jaden style. And those are just a few examples of what has become a phenomenon in and around Midland, Michigan. Restaurant managers say they'll sometimes go 15 minutes without anyone paying for their own meal. It's an everyday, all day kind of thing. When did you start to realize what was happening? I think when we went to lunch and we got our bill and it said, uh, it said zero owed paid forward in honor of Jaden Lamb. Full circle, and now circling the globe. Through Facebook, Tom and Nicole are getting word of kind deeds being done across the country and around the world, all in honor of Jaden Lamb, the boy who told his dad God needed him more. I wonder that myself. Like, is this what God needed him more for? A message of hope for humanity. This holiday season, people have been asking themselves, how do you celebrate a holiday when so much has been taken? Wow, look at that. Well, here the answer is simple. Wow. Just give. Steve Hartman, on the road in Midland, Michigan. Can you give Steve a little love again? So why do I show you that? Well, my hope, my prayer is, is what it does in me is it challenges me. It reminds me of why I am still on the planet. Why I believe you're in this room, you're watching online, you're on this planet. It's because God has something he wants to do through you. And if he didn't, he would have taken you off this planet. You're done. So when you start comparing to someone else, it can depress you, it can discourage you. And if you don't count your blessings, you can miss a lesson like this. And although this video was shot at Christmas a few years ago, it still applies today. It's always the season to give. It's always the season to do the third thing, which is help somebody. If you want to know how to move on up to happier days, take the focus off yourself. We all focus on the wrong things at times. Let's be honest. Watch too much news, the next thing you know, you're griping and complaining. Go to the gas station, let's leave it right there, right now. Amen. <laughs> you know. And so here's the challenge. Help somebody. Take the focus off yourself. Encourage someone. Use your words. So say your money is running a little thin right now. Cost nothing to say, man, you look good today. I like that outfit. Man, you're a good server. Man, you're so good at what you're doing, man. Thank you for helping. Find a way to encourage somebody. Proverbs 12, 25, anxious hearts are very heavy. But a world of encouragement does wonders. You know how many kids are anxious right now? You know how many kids are struggling with depression? So your kind words, your moment 
to see the best in them can go a long way. Now, let's all admit it, adults. We're not immune either. Maybe it's your wife that needs that encouraging word. Or maybe it's your husband. Maybe it's a neighbor. I can go through so many different circumstances and situations. But here's the thing. You and I have a gift that we can give. This past week, I was sitting in the office. I know what message I'm doing. Mallory comes in. Evan's wife, she helps us with all our volunteers. And she said, did you hear Andy's message? Because we listened a lot to Andy's somebody we really respect. Andy Stanley, Rick Warren, or so many great preachers. But these are people that have invested in my life in one way or another. I've been out at Saddleback a lot. I've been at North Point. They're just great teachers, but I had not heard his lesson yet. She said, well, it's called Don't Be Gross. And it really, really got me. And I'm like, wow, Mallory, what's going on? And she was just like, well, he just said, if you're talking about the church today, if you're talking about us in this room, am I a consumer or am I someone who contributes? And she handles volunteers. She is volunteering, but she's going, man, sometimes I can still find myself. Well, I'm looking for the right church to give me what I need. I need to go deeper. I need this for me. When the truth is that the reason God may have sent you here is because you have to contribute. And the reason we're still on this planet is not to be a consumer, but to contribute. You go, Justin, well, how do you know that? Well, how about 1 Corinthians? And I'll put this on the screen because this is the way God designed all of us. The way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. Every part dependent on every other part. You know what this means is when you don't come or you decide not to volunteer or you decide not to get involved in Lighthouse, then we don't get to accomplish everything that we need to accomplish. And it's dependent on you to do your job. Just like your body depends on itself to function. Each independent part has to work in conjunction. It continues on, and this is great. The parts we mention and the parts we don't, the parts we see and the parts we don't. If one part hurts, every part is involved in the hurt and in the healing. So what is this saying? When one of us hurts, then our job is to find a way to provide healing. So when Jessica Machen and Jonathan, they're losing their grandma, Joe Young, they're losing their grandmother. My job is to go be a part of the healing the best that I can. Go to the nursing home and pray with them and support them the best I can. Or when Terry Williams, when Billy calls and says, man, my wife's gone. And she said, call Justin. If I ever pass, call Justin. I'm like, Terry, I love you. Thank you for giving me the honor of celebrating your life. But I want to drop in. How can I help? How can I serve? What can I do to give back? Or if it's David Gunn and it's the world of wheels, he's like, hey, it's what I have. I've been blessed with the world of wheels. Give everybody a free admission. I want everybody to be able to walk through. Why? Because it's what I have. And then you get to benefit. So if you couldn't afford it, you've never been able to see a car show, you get to walk through. Why? Because he wants to give you what he has. So no matter who you are or where you are, if you're watching online, you're in this room, I want you to know something. You matter. God has you here because there's something you add to the body of Christ that we can't do without you. It even goes on to say in 1 Corinthians 12, this is pretty interesting, it said an enormous eye or a gigantic hand wouldn't be a body, but a monster. That's all I could think about was this. It's kind of cute though. That's all I could think about. He is kind of cute, but here's the deal. What was the writer trying to say? He's saying, hey, if you cut off an arm, it's not very good. Or if I walk around with just one big eye, it is kind of ugly other than this guy. But the whole point was, is we're all in this together for a reason. What we have is one body with many parts and it's proper size and it's proper place. No part is important 
on its own. That includes me. If you think that I pulled this off on my own, you're wrong. There's James DeMoss who helps me back in the back. There's Jordan who helps with sound. Chip and Daniel and Posey and all of these people pull all this off so you can watch it online so that you can be in this room. There's people who set it up. There's people who tear it down. There's people taking care of kids. All of this is like, oh, that pastor is so good. Man, the truth is I am nothing without the team of people that make it happen. And I am nothing without my Savior, Jesus Christ. And what I hope is, is that you'll realize how important you are. You're not here by accident. We need you. You're here because God has something he wants to do in you. And you're here because there's a bigger plan and there's a bigger purpose than you can even imagine. And when I call out and say, hey, we're going to do this project, it's not for you to go, well, I can't do anything on that. No, the deal is it's for you to go, I can do something on that. And most of the time, if not all of the time, the reason I bring something to the stage where we talk about it is for one reason, and that is because we want to be known for solving problems in the name of Christ. I don't want to be known for being a big church. I don't want to be known for great worship, although I'm thankful we have a great band. I don't want to be known for great sermons, although, hey, I try. What I really want to be known for is that we change the world. We change the community that we're in. And so when kids are battling cancer, we should do something about it. When nurses and doctors are worn out and exhausted in the hospitals, we should do something about it. When police and fire need to be encouraged or challenged, we should do something about it. When our military is down or when Ukraine is in the you know, mess it's in, we should do something about it. And all of those things are in the works and we're trying to figure those out. But right now, this is the thing we know. Lighthouse needs help. Families that are battling cancer need you. And if you don't still know what we're talking about, here's one more video to remind you why no one including me, can do it by ourselves. Watch. At Lighthouse, we strengthen families that are living through childhood cancer by providing them with retreats away from the chaos of hospitals and treatments. And on our retreats, mostly what we're doing is we are serving these families day in and day out, creating this incredible experience where we're being the hands and feet of Jesus for these families, where we're carrying plates, we're doing laundry, we're cleaning bathrooms, we're making beds, so that these folks don't have to worry about a thing and can have a carefree week and they can just be a family together. When a family receives the diagnosis of childhood cancer, um, it's just, it's devastating. And they're focusing so much on trying to cure the child that their family life suffers. When you're in a situation like ours, it's really hard to find rest when your mind is constantly going and you're worried about the next appointment, the next medication, and you're just generally worried about your child, it's really difficult to find rest. So at Lighthouse, since we can't, we can't fix the cancer, but we can help kind of try and rebuild that family unit. You know, my husband did worry that this was gonna be a sad week, and this is the opposite of that. Here at Lighthouse this week, we've had poker night, cornhole, barbecues, a luau on the beach. They just want to love on your kids and make sure your kids are having an awesome time. They have the gift of forgetting that their child has cancer at all. Lighthouse has changed our family's life because we were able to introduce to them what it meant to serve. The volunteers tell us time and time again that this was the best week of their summer, the best time they spent with their kids, the best quality time they spent with their kids, and they also tell us that they're amazed by what their kids can do. This is a really neat opportunity to serve together as a family, and you get to do it in a really beautiful place. This is what it looks like to see faith lived out, and I love watching my kids just see worship, to see devotions, to see people 
living out God's love literally in action. We have the opportunity to serve over 200 families this year on 18 retreats. Unfortunately, there's about 150 families that didn't make it on a retreat this year because we don't have the space for them. We need more volunteers to come and help us to serve every family. Where else can you go and in one week change an entire family's life and change the part of the story that's super devastating and give them something that they can lean on? The reason why we do what we do is we want families that we're serving to encounter hope and a hope in something much bigger than just a hope in a cure, we want them to encounter the hope of Jesus. Come on, y'all put your hands together for what Lighthouse does. And this is why we're excited to partner with them. We've been doing this for I, me and Angie and Emma, my youngest daughter. We all got to go and participate. We had a meeting at the 1030 hour uh, just to kind of give you information on it. But if you want more information, email robin at thesimplechurch.tv and she'll tell you how you can be a part of it. And some of you are going, well, man, I don't know if I can go on the vacation. I don't know if I have the money or not. Well, here's one thing you can do, and that is good times roll. You can be a part of Do Good Day, March 20th. We're going to be at the Louisiana Boardwalk. We're going to have activities and games and fun stuff for you and your family. That's one problem we're going to solve is you get to be with your family and enjoy all the fun activities. Inflatables and food, drip donuts and activities and challenges. And we're asking for a $20 donation. And 100% of the $20 will go towards Lighthouse raising money. We have to raise like $20,000 to try to pull off this event. And then we have to raise an additional about three dollars to $5,000 per family. And you go, oh my gosh, how many families are going? We're like 10, 15 families we're trying to cover. So if you go, man, me and my family might be willing to do that, then you need to sign up. You need to say, hey, Robin, I'm, I want more information on that because you're in Destin, Florida. You're at the beach and you're serving. You saw what fun it is. You also saw how simple it is. It's just one week of your life that can make a huge difference. But if you go, I can't afford to do that, you can afford to come to Good Times Roll on March 20th. It is going to be right here in town, and it is a lot of fun uh, for you and your family. So mark your calendar now. Do not miss it because families like yours can be involved and have a great time. It will take all of us to make this happen. The truth is it is such a big task. Every one of us in this room, everyone watching online, will all have to participate to make it happen. Something else that's coming up right around the corner that will take all of us is Easter. Can you believe it? It is right around the corner, and we're going to be back at the Brookshire Grocery Arena. Can I get an amen on that? Come on, y'all. Plenty of room for you to be there, but this is what we need from you. We need you to volunteer now. This is we want you to sign up. If you've got your phone, you can take it out, put it on the camera, scan that QR code, and we're going to sign you up now. We're starting to order shirts now so that you can be a part of it, so that you can know that you're important, that you're valuable. We cannot pull it off without people just like you. The last thing I want you to do is invite somebody to Easter. I want you to invite somebody to March 20th. Why? Why would you invite somebody to come out to these events? I met some friends today that were invited. They came with friends. Thank you for risking it, coming into this crazy environment. It means everything to us that you would come risk it and be a part of what's going on here. But this is the reason why. Here's a picture of my boy Spud right now. 
Anybody remember this right here? If you, probably, if you were around 15 years ago, this was the very first day of Simple Church. And Spud, the ice cream man, I asked him to come and hand out ice cream when we opened up the Louisiana Boardwalk in the Regal Theater. And there he was making it happen. Now, what many of you do not know is shortly after that, he decided to come every week because someone invited him. And then this happened. He actually gave his life to Christ and was baptized. And I go back and think, man, what if I didn't invite him? What if I didn't tell him to come and be a part? What if we didn't keep on saying, hey, we need you for this event, Spud. We need you for the next event. Maybe we don't get to celebrate his baptism. And now when we go to do Easter and we go to the March 20th date, Spud will be there smiling in his truck still right now. Every week, willing to serve, willing to give. He helps with our bicycle program during the Do Good Bike Golf Tournament. He does all of these different things. He's in public schools every week volunteering for us. And you know why? Because we invited him. There's more Spuds out there. Today... Uh, we want to celebrate Spud, though, because he turned 75 this past week, so even old people can serve. Can I get a little love on that? Yes. And to wrap it up before we get out of here, is this is a little video from Spud on what it's meant to him over the last 15 years. Then we'll walk out. Watch. What's changed in your life from the time I asked you to hand it out to where you are now? Oh, no. I <laughs> can't. I'm just a different person, totally. But without feel, in fact, I just told Whitney this morning, my life just changed so much, and I just feel so different now. Even though I'm getting old, I just feel so different inside. And I just love the simple church. I just love church. I love to serve, and thank y'all. Thank you. It's just thank amazing. You. Thank y'all. Right Give me a little love last one time. Come on. As you walk out, invite, invite, invite. You never know. We need you. Sign up to volunteer. Sign up to help. Father, I pray for each and every person. God, I thank you that they're here. I thank you that they're watching. Remind them, God, that the reason you sent your son to this earth to die on the cross, to shed his blood, and to rise again is so that we would have hope today. We all get discouraged, depressed. We struggle through it. But help us move up to happier times. God, we'd move away from comparing ourselves to other people. We would count our blessings. And God, most importantly, we'd follow your example. We would serve others. We would help other people. Give us that help now, Father. We thank you. Lord, if someone needs you in the quiet of this moment, I pray they say, Jesus, come in my life. I need change. And you would meet them right there. And their life would be changed forever, just like mine and Spud's. We thank you for your grace and your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Can I get an amen somewhere? One time, come on. Make sure you go get your kids, go through there, have a great time at World of Wheels and, Wheels, and be back here next week because we continue the series. Sign up for Easter, volunteer. Till then, what do we say, y'all? Peace. Thanks for coming.